Faith, thank you. Alan, take your Bibles, go to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. It's good to be in church this morning. Thankful to see everybody out. And um, I like how my deacon is trying to get everybody nervous about the length of the service. You might need to bring a bag lunch, he says. <laughs> hey, listen, you understand that someday when we get to heaven, we're going to be worshiping God for all of eternity, right? So, per, I mean, and if this bothers anybody, I'm sorry, but not really sorry. Uh, but I'm not really concerned about how long we're here. If you have to leave, then that's fine. You leave, and I'll just keep preaching. i got a lot to say. I'm just saying. Um, but, hey, we're going to worship for all eternity, so we might as well get used to it now. Amen? So, First John chapter 3. I don't know. Some people like to have an hour service, check their box, leave. But, hey, we're here to worship Christ. So that's what we're going to do. John, 1 John chapter 3. Last week we looked at, we, we saw the assurance that John gave these believers in Christ and false teachers were uh, in, involved with these people and they were causing people to doubt their salvation. They were causing people to doubt the truth. But they could rest assured because they believed in Jesus Christ that uh, they were in fact saved. And we talked about last week how our salvation is based on Jesus Christ and facts, not feelings. And at times we may get sidetracked and we may uh, worry whether or not we're truly saved. But listen, we can have confidence towards God in a general sense, and we can know that if we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him only, that we are saved. Now the context of what we're looking at this morning, of 1 John chapter 3, is speaking of having confidence in prayer. And we're going to see that this morning, but this morning we're going to look at, at this passage, what it's talking about. John is talking about simply receiving what you have prayed for. So that's what we're going to see this morning. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. It says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for our sins, even though we don't deserve it at all. I thank you, Lord, for everyone that made it out today, and I pray that you'll be with those that may be watching on live stream because of sickness or other reasons that they could not be here. I pray that you'll just help us to get something from your word today and just change us. And I pray that you'll uh, just speak through me and help me to not give my opinions, not talk about preferences, but just to preach the word. And I pray that you'll be honored and glorified in it. In your holy name, amen. In many families, there are certain parents that are known by their children which they need to go to in order to get what they want, right? You just, just think for, for a moment, okay? Think back from when you were a kid. If you wanted something, you strategically knew who to go to to get what you want, right? Like if you wanted something, you know, a certain item, or you wanted to do something, you know which parent to ask. Now, which parent would that be? The one that you thought would say yes. Now, whichever parent that would be, whichever one you thought would say yes, you could go to them and you could ask them for whatever it is you wanted with confidence, why? Because you weren't worried how they would react and you were pretty sure that they would say yes. You would not want to go to the parent 
And I was going to react in anger or in irritation and just say no. I asked my kids this morning as I, I was thinking about this. I, I said, look, if we were at a, a grocery store and you wanted a candy bar and mommy and I were there, which one would you ask thinking that you would get it? And to my surprise, two out of the three said that they would ask me. <laughs> so apparently I'm a softie, so your, parent, your, your pastor needs prayer, okay? He needs prayer. But uh, he, I need the Lord to work on me. But I, I asked him that. But look, I want you to know this morning, church, listen. God is approachable. You can go to God in prayer. You can go to Him with boldness and with confidence, knowing that He wants to hear from you. And in our text here, in 1 John chapter 3, it tells us that we can have confidence towards God when it comes to prayer. So that's what, again, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And man, the Bible says a lot about prayer. Remember this word confidence in 1 John 3. It is describing the full citizen of a Greek city-state that had the democratic right to, fe- to speak freely and without fear and without shame. So basically, confidence in this passage simply means freedom of speech. And I'll say this, you know, confidence in prayer, it doesn't mean that we go to God casually. Okay, It doesn't mean that we go to God half-heartedly. It doesn't mean that we just go to Him recklessly. Uh, but remember... When we pray, we're approaching the mighty God. When we pray, we should do so knowing uh, who he is and and remember how awesome and how holy he is. But we can go to him and approach him knowing that he desires to hear from us. So I want to ask you this question, a couple questions this morning, church. Do you have confidence when you pray? Do you have the ability to get on your knees or just cry out to God knowing that he will hear you? Do you have the ability to boldly go before the throne of grace with confidence and just be able to freely speak to him? I'll tell you what, most Christians today, they hardly even have a prayer life, let alone a prayer life that consists of boldly speaking to God and just freely talking to him like a friend. You know, very few believers today can go before God like Hannah did in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and beg God for a miracle. Very few have the confidence to speak to God freely and openly like David did in the book of Psalms. Very few believers today can just speak to God freely with confidence, as John tells us to do in our text. But listen, when we pray, how often are we just doing what Jesus said not to do in Matthew chapter 6 with just vain repetitions as the heathen do? Man, how how many times do we just say things And we do it like a robot. We just don't give really any thought to our prayers. We just say the same things that we always say. And guess what? As a result, we have the same results, which is typically no granted prayers. It's like the saying goes, I like the saying, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And look, if we pray thoughtless prayers and that's all we pray, you're probably going to continue to get nothing. No answers to prayer. Now, again, what we see in our text here, it's not just having confidence in prayer, but John is specifically talking about having confidence in receiving what we have prayed for. He's honing in specifically on not just getting an answer to prayer, but getting a positive answer. Now, understand this, okay? God answers every prayer, okay? Every prayer. Sometimes God, and his answer is no. 
But John here, he's telling us this is how you can receive what you are praying for. Now, of course, this has to come with a disclaimer. I could never get up here and say that I'm right when I, if I were to say, you know, you will always receive what you pray for. Some people will deceitfully say that, and they'll say, well, if you have enough faith, you'll always get what you pray for. If you don't get what you prayed for, then you're lacking faith. But to do that is to distort Scripture, okay? The name it and claim it doctrine is not biblical at all. What we're going to see today is some key prerequisites that are uh, important if we want answered prayer. But listen, sometimes, even when we do what John tells us to do in 1 John chapter 3, we may not receive a positive answer. We may have uh, all the faith in the world, and we may even be perfectly in tune with God and still not get what we prayed for. How do we know this? Well, just as 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you remember, Paul asked God three times to remove the thorn in the flesh. But what did God say? He said, no. And look, if there was anybody that had faith, and if there was anybody that was in tune with God, it was the Apostle Paul. But we need to realize that John here, he's not saying that we will absolutely get a a positive answer to our prayer, but he's making it clear that if we hope to see God answer our prayer, there are some key prerequisites. And look, these will help give us confidence as we pray and help us expect an answer. And listen, church, look, when we pray, the spirit of our prayer should always be, not my will, but thine be done. You understand that? A lot of times we pray and we treat prayer well, just like we treat the employee in the drive-thru at McDonald's, we just go up to him and say, hey, I want this, 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 and this. It's not supposed to be like that. God's not just here to, to meet our every little request. And understand that Proverbs 11.23 says that the desire of the righteous is only good. Now we can understand that many receive not because they ask amiss, just as James chapter 4 says, meaning that they ask improperly. And this is made in reference to a selfish prayer, as it says that you may consume it upon your lust, meaning that you may spend it upon your pleasures. But listen, if you're, if you're just praying for material gain, and you're praying to win the lottery and, and other things like that, listen, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the point. We need to pray according to His will. 1 John 5.14 says, and this is the confidence, there's that word again, that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. But man, look, how many of us, though, today pray according to the will of God? We pray and we desire good things, yet we see no answer. How many of us have been asking God for years to do something, and He does nothing? How many of us have begged God to bring back a wayward child, to save a lost soul, to fix a broken relationship, to take away a burden? or some other thing in our life that is important to us and is a good prayer that we can honestly say it is according to the will of God. Again, in this passage, we see some key prerequisites of receiving what we have prayed for. And this list is not exhaustive, but the essentials are here. So listen, if you're needing God to answer a prayer today, which I would say probably most of us need God to answer a prayer, then listen close. Now before we look at this, I want to I tell you first that we should never obey the word of God out of duty or just to see an answer to prayer. Okay? Obedience in general to God should be done out of what? Love. Love for God. It's not supposed to be, okay, God, if you do this, I'll do that. Uh, Obedience should be done with cheerfulness and gratitude. Let's be honest, church. None of us deserve anything. We already heard it this morning. Alan said, each one of us here this morning, we deserve to die and go to hell. 
We deserve nothing. We should have cheerfulness and gratitude in the fact that he loves us, and as the Bible says, we love him because he loved us. But John, again, in our, in our text, he's, just, he's telling us here, if you have un, unanswered prayer, you need to examine your heart and see if you're meeting uh, these prerequisites. And it could be that if you're not, it's holding you back. So look, look at verse 22 of 1 John chapter 3. It says, Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. This asking, it's an active verb with a conditional receiving based on the conditions that John is writing that we're going to see this morning. And I want you to understand this morning that disobedience could be causing God to not answer your prayers. You cannot live your life with a disregard for God and a disregard for His Word and expect Him to answer your prayers. So we're going to go ahead and look at these prerequisites. First, listen, if you want to see God grant your prayers, the first thing that you need to do is believe on Christ. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 again. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, this is first and foremost. This is gospel-centered. John specifically says, hey, if you want answered prayer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, I can go to God in confidence and I can pray with boldness to God knowing that He's going to hear me because I have believed on the Son of God. This was a command of Jesus Christ. John 14, 1 says, He said this, Jesus said, You believe in God, believe also in me. This is a command of Jesus Christ. Go back, go to Proverbs chapter 15 and, and buckle up because we're going to go a lot of places this morning. We typically do go several places, but we're going to go even more this morning than normal. But look at Proverbs chapter 15. We're, we'll see a couple things in Proverbs this morning. And look at verse 29. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. Actually, let's look at verse 8 too. We'll look at verse 8 and 29. Look at verse 8 of Proverbs chapter 15. It says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Look at verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Man, listen. If you are here today and you have not believed on Jesus Christ, then you are part of the wicked because you are not saved. And, you know, there are some here today, I would say, and absolutely millions in churches all over this uh, country today, they have not received any answers to prayer ever because they're not even saved. They have not turned to Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, obviously you don't have to answer out loud, but have you repented and believed the gospel? Because if you have not, you are not saved, and you will not get any answers to prayer. You're not a child of God. You are at enmity with God, which means that you are an enemy of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaks on the subject of prayer, and he spoke on prayer a lot. And again, the Bible talks a lot about prayer. And I just want to say this. Some people think, well, I don't think that my prayers matter. Listen, prayer does matter. Prayer makes a difference. Uh, prayer impacts uh, situations. And look, a lot of times, prayer will move the hand of God. It, it makes that very clear in Scripture. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse 7. 
Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask of him? I love that passage of scripture. Listen, God desires to answer our prayers. He desires to give us good things that we ask for. And look, we are, he's saying here, look, you're sinful people. You are evil people, yet you know, even though you're evil, you know how to give your child good things. So he says, if your father, who is perfect, how much more does he want to give those that ask of him? If you are evil and you know how to give good things, then how much more do you think God desires and wants to give us good things? But notice specifically in verse 11, look, it says, how much more shall your heavenly Father, give good things to them that ask him. Listen, you are only going to see answers to prayer if you are a child of God. He can only grant your prayers if he is your heavenly father. So again, I ask, are you a child of God? If you're not a child of God, praise the Lord, you can become one today. In order to be a child of God, you know what you need to do? You need to understand that you are a sinner Again, it has put us at enmity with God. It has caused us to be in opposition to God. And we need to know that the penalty of sin, the wages of sin, is death. It is separation from God. Look, right in this very moment, if you're not a child of God, you're an enemy of God. And you need to turn to Christ and trust Him so that He can save you and make you His child. If you would like salvation, you need to turn to Him and trust Him to be your personal Savior because He is the only way to heaven. There's no other way to have a relationship with God and a home in heaven except by Jesus Christ. And if you would simply just turn to Christ, believe in your heart, confess Him with your mouth, praise God, you can be saved. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I, by the way, I like how it says, thou shalt be saved. Not you might be saved. Not you could be saved. No, you are saved if you do that. And I'll say this, church, listen, if you are here today and you're praying to anything else besides the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to receive answered prayer because, again, you're not even saved either. Faith in Christ only is first and foremost in having confidence in prayer. If you pray to a God, another God, if you pray to an item, if you pray to a thing, if you pray to a saint, or anything besides God, you're praying in vain. And you're not going to experience answered prayer because, again, you're not even his child. Your faith has to be in Christ, in Christ alone, because Christ prays for us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. You understand that there are many, many people that are praying to a God or a person. We are to pray to Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. Look at verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. It says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Who is him? Jesus. 
seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, for such an high priest became us, again, Jesus, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and make, made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's, for this he did once, when he offered up himself. Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing in here where I have to pray to a saint. I'm not seeing in here where I have to pray to a priest. I'm not seeing in here where I have to pray to Mary. No, listen, you know what I see in here? I pray to Christ because he makes intercession for me. So listen, if your faith is not in Christ and you're, you're not praying to Christ, your prayer is not going to help. If you're not a child of God, then you're not in Christ and he cannot make intercession for you. So look, if you have not believed on Christ for salvation, you have no grounds to pray on. Because our faith in Christ, it gives us access to God. It gives us this confidence. It gives us this boldness. So listen, believe on him today if you have not already. You want answered prayer? Believe on Christ. Secondly, go back to 1 John chapter 3, please. Secondly, if we want answers to prayer, not only do we need to believe on Christ, but we also need to love others. Look at verse 22 again. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things which are pleasing into his sight. And look at verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. John says, look, this is how you get answered prayer, by doing that which is pleasing in his sight. And that word pleasing comes from a Greek word that means agreeable. Well, what's pleasing to God's sight? What is agreeable to God? Keeping his commandment. Well, what is his commandment? Well, remember the context of this. What has John been hammering over and over and over again that you're tired of hearing? Love one another. That is his commandment. Man, we've been talking about loving one another for like four or five weeks. That's what happens when you go through the Bible verse by verse and you preach. That's what happens. We hear what we need, right? He says, love one another. If, you're, if you love God, listen, you're going to love others. If you are of Christ, you're going to love one another. We, we've mentioned this many times. 1 John 4.20 says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. So look, as we look at the subject of receiving answered prayer, we see that John says this is a prerequisite. It, it is to love one another if we want to see answered prayer. I want you to understand this morning that the way that we treat other people that impacts our prayers. John uh, says that the way that we can get answered prayer is by loving God, loving one another. And this is illustrated very well in the marriage relationship in 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. You might learn a lot of the books of the Bible this morning just by turning to all these places if you don't know them already. But 1 Peter chapter 3. The way that we treat each other impacts our prayers. Look at verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, what, what Peter said here was really a radical statement in this day. Because in this culture... The husbands had absolute rights over the wife, and the wife basically had absolutely no rights in the marriage. 
In the Roman world, if a man caught his wife in adultery, he could kill her on the spot. But guess what? If the woman, if the wife, caught the man in adultery, guess what she could do? Nothing. She couldn't do anything. So Peter really is making a radical statement when he says this, but he's explaining that failure to love and treat your wife right, it has spiritual consequences. And I heard, I, I read one time D.L. Moody, he said, you know, if a man does not treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. And that's true, man. Look, husbands, you ought to be treating your wives right. You ought to be treating her well. You ought to treat her with honor. But that word hindered here in 1 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 7 means to cut off. So God's not even going to hear your prayer if you don't treat your wife right. So again, it goes back to that principle. The way that we treat people, it matters. It can hinder our prayers. This shows us that mistreatment of other people and not loving one another in general can result in unanswered prayer. And uh, it can result in hindered prayer. And our text here tells us to now uh, we receive answered prayer because we keep this commandment and do that, which is pleasing into his sight. I want to ask you this question. I, I'm not going to go on and on about it because we've gone on about it for weeks. But do you have somebody in your life that's a believer that you are at odds with? If you do, then that right there can absolutely be why you are not receiving answers to prayer. You need to go to them. You need to reconcile. You need to forgive them. Whatever it is, you need to go to them. Do you want answered prayer? Then stop regarding iniquity in your heart. Stop being disobedient and harboring hatred and resentment towards other believers. Because look, if I don't love the brethren as God commands and over and over and over again in 1 John, I'm not going to have freedom of speech. I'm not going to have confidence in prayer because I'm not giving to others what God has given me. You know what God's given me? He's given me love. He's given me grace. He's given me mercy. He's given me undeserved favor. And look, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve any of it. So if I'm not willing to give that back to other people, then how can I, in good conscience, freely speak to God and ask Him for anything? If we love the brethren, it will produce confidence towards God and boldness in asking for what we need. Go back to 1 John chapter 3, please. In 1 John chapter 3. And look again. At verse 23, the last part of verse 23, it says, And love one another as he gave us commandment. Look, this love of towards the brethren, it is written in the present tense, which, is, which means that we are to always be loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, if we do this, and we can have boldness, we can have confidence, we can have freedom of speech, we can have granted prayers if we love one another. Now we're going to look at verse 24 here. It summarizes here uh, really the confidence that we have in prayer as thirdly, John tells us, if we want answered prayer, we need to dwell in Christ and obey. And it all just wraps it all together. Look at verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. In this passage uh, these two truths really come together. For one, we can have confidence in prayer if we dwell in Him, if we continue with Him, and we can have confidence in prayer as we obey Him. And what does it mean to dwell in Him? It means to continue in Him. It means to not depart, not to leave. It's the same meaning as abide that we see in this verse. So look, as Christ abides in us, we are to abide in Him. But how do we continue? How do we dwell in Him? Well, remember, church, last week we talked about being assured, having our heart assured by God. 
How do we have assurance of our salvation? Not just isolate myself and be left alone. If I need assurance of my salvation, I need to run to God. I need to run to Christ. And the Spirit will give me confirmation as I abide in Him. But many people lack confidence in their salvation because they're not daily abiding in Him. But also, many Christians lack confidence in prayer because they don't daily abide in Him. This verse tells us that the Spirit will give us confidence. And you know what, church? Listen, every day we should be running to God. Every day we should be in this book. Every day we should be praying to our Savior. Every day we should be dwelling to Him. We shouldn't just run to Him when we need some urgent prayer answered. Man, look, I, I know some people over the years where uh, I've had, I know people that they just, the only time they ever contact me is if they get in a pinch and they need something. And maybe you've had people like that too. It's like anytime I get a message or a phone call from them, I automatically think, oh man, what do they want now? Right? And it's funny how some people will never have anything to do with you until they need something. But, uh, you know, church, that's not how our relationship with God should be. We shouldn't just go to Him when we need something. We shouldn't just go to Him uh, when something's going on. We, need, we should go to God daily. We should dwell with God when things are going great. We should dwell with God on the good days, dwell with God on the bad days. We should abide in Him on the mountaintops and in the valleys. And if we dwell with Him continually, we can have confidence and boldness in our prayers because His Spirit is going to be assuring us, as this verse tells us. But look, look, listen. If I am not dwelling in Christ daily, how can I go to God boldly in prayer? If I only go to Him as needed, how can I speak to Him freely? I don't even barely know Him. Look, how can I go to him in confidence and with confidence that he will hear and grant my prayers if I barely go to him to begin with? John tells us here, dwell with Christ. Now, as we're talking about the subject of receiving what we prayed for, I want to read you an interesting quote. F.B. Meyer said that the greatest tragedy of life is not just unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. You know, a lot of prayers don't get answered because we're not consistently asking. We're not consistently praying to the Lord. And part of dwelling with God is daily taking the time to pray. Now, the second part of this truth, and again, it goes right along with abiding and dwelling, and that is obeying. Go back, look at First John chapter four. Or, sorry, First John chapter three again, and look at verse twenty-four. It says, "And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him." That word "keepeth" there means to observe. So in the previous verses, John hones in on the, these two specific commandments that we are to obey. Believe on Christ, love one another, and now he's broadening the scope here by saying that we are to keep his commandments in the general sense. And what are his commandments? Simply put, what's in his word. Listen, if you desire to see God answer your prayers, you need to be obedient to his word in the general sense. If we're obedient, that shows us that we are abiding in Him and we can be confident in our prayer. Go to Proverbs chapter 28, please. Proverbs chapter 28. I kind of mentioned this uh, truth in the beginning, but I want to look into it a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 28. Look at verse 9. Proverbs 28 verse 9. It says, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers shall be an abomination. Man, that's some strong words right there. If you disregard the word of God, honestly, you're wasting your time praying to him. You cannot live your life not caring about the things of God 
and expect him to answer your prayers. Again, going back to Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I just do whatever I want, if I just live to please myself, the Lord's not going to hear me. Remember, James 4, 17 says, Therefore to him that doeth good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Well, what is good? What the word of God says to do. Obedient souls can be prepared for blessings. If you're obedient to Christ, you can expect him to grant your prayers. But those that are just living their life uh, and they're just displeasing God, you cannot expect God to hear your prayers, let alone answer them. Let's go to one more place, John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, look at verse 7. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus is speaking here, of course, and, and John, who's the writer of 1 John, wrote this book as well. And he said in verse 7, Jesus said, If ye abide in me, and my words in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Hey, listen, continuing in the things of God and abiding in Jesus means abiding in his words and having his words live in you. And if he abides in you, his word will abide in you. And guess what? We're going to be obedient to God. And we're going to experience answered prayer. Now, some of you may, may be here this morning. You say, well, you know, I'm trying to obey God, but it's a struggle. And yeah, welcome to the club. It's a struggle. It's hard sometimes. But you need help overcoming sin? Abide in Him. Go to God. A faithful, abiding, and obedient disciple can expect granted prayers. And in this passage, Jesus is just reminding the disciples of his love. He tells them, continue in my love. He tells them to abide, keep my commandments, love one another. And again, this all just goes together with what we see in 1 John chapter 3 and seeing his answers to prayer. It's a great summary of what we've seen so far. Look, if you dwell with Christ, his word dwells in you. If you obey his commandments and you love one another, you pray according to his will, just as John says in our text, we can pray confidently to God, knowing that he will hear and believing that he will grant. One of the greatest men of prayer in the last couple hundred years that many people know about is George Mueller. Man, he was a, a man of prayer. He, of course, was in the 18, lived in the 1800s, and he had uh, orphanages. And I read that whenever God answered a prayer of his, he recorded it. He wrote it down in a journal. And what I read, it said this, it said that he had 50,000 recorded answers to prayer. That's 800 a year. And, he, and it said that 30,000 of those 50,000 prayers were answered within an hour or in the same day of him praying that prayer. That's amazing. One of the most famous stories that you probably know Already, uh, this girl whose father worked at this, one of his orphanages uh, told the story about how one day they were without food. They didn't have any food. So what did he do? Did he tell the kids, oh, we don't have any food? No, you know what he did? He said, hey, children, let's go to the table. We're going to pray for the food that God's going to give us. 
And then they would, be, they would be sitting there and they'd be praying, God, thank you for the food that you're going to provide for us. And there's no food there. But you know what happened? Knock on the door. What, what was it? It was, oh, it's the bread man. He said, I, I've been up since 2 or 3 o'clock this morning and I just felt like God wanted me to make you some bread. Here you go. God answered prayer. Not only that, but God went above and beyond. <laughs> this is great. I love this story. God went above and beyond, and they heard another knock at the door. Who is it? It's the milkman. His cart broke down. It needs to be repaired. And he says to George Mueller, he says, I want to give you this milk because it's going to get warm, and I'm going to have to throw it out, so here you go. Here's some milk for your children. Man, answers to prayer. Why did George Mueller have answers to prayer? You know why he had answers to prayer? For one, because he prayed. But secondly, because he had faith. But thirdly, because he loved and obeyed God. You know, prayers in the Bible, there's prayers all through the Bible. Why did God answer the prayer of Hannah? Again, I mentioned that already in 1 Samuel. Why did, why did he do that? Because she loved God and was committed to him. Why did God answer the prayer of Elijah to bring down fire from heaven, which, by the way, is an awesome story? Why did he do that? Because Elijah loved God and he wanted to glorify him. Why did God answer the prayer of Hezekiah and allow him to live longer? Because he loved the Lord. Why did God answer the prayer of Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 when he asked for mercy and help to interpret the king's dream? You know why? Because in Daniel chapter 1 he purposed in his heart that he's not going to defile himself. Listen, you want God to answer your prayer? Pray. Have faith. And love and obey God. That is key to answered prayer. It just all flows together. And again, we cannot live in rebellion against God and expect Him to answer our prayers. So look, as we get ready to close, stay with me. If you're here today and you have unanswered prayer, just ask yourself, why is that? Again, it may be, maybe there's not a reason, but maybe there is. Why are you not having answered prayer? Is there an area that you're not being obedient in? Are you being disobedient to God? Or, again, are you saved, for one? That's important. Have you received Christ and turned to Him? But if you have received Christ, do you presently and continually love the brethren, as we've been hammering for weeks now? Is there somebody that you're at odds with, with in this church or in your personal life? Do you need to go to them and reconcile? Are you being obedient to God? Are you abiding in Him? Are you truly getting to know Him more? Are you presently dwelling with Him? Are you being obedient to His commandments? Listen, if you have unanswered prayer, ask God to reveal to you what you need to do today. Tell, ask God, search me, O God. He knows your heart, and He will show you if there's a wicked thing in you, if there's a wicked way in you. And look, God desires to answer our prayers. So if we are living in obedience to our great God, we can freely and confidently go to Him in prayer and look for an answer. But are you at that place in your walk with God today or is something holding you back? We need to pray. We need to have faith. We need to love one another. We need to dwell and obey. It, it, that's how we can expect answers to our prayers. So look, as we get ready to close this morning, where are you at? What do you need to do? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.